This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Many of you thought our worship team did a great job this morning. You know, they didn't just show up this morning and just throw that together. They've been working on that a little while, and they did an amazing job to bless you this morning, so that's been great. Well, we are in week four of Christmas in the city, and as I've said in the past weeks, we are just reminding you of a few things um, in this Christmas time, things you probably already know, but it's a lot of times those are the things that we need to be reminded of, the things that we already know, the things that we've heard in the past. We don't necessarily need to hear some great new revelation a lot of times. We just need to live out the things that we already know. And so far in this series, we've talked about joy and happiness, how Jesus coming to the earth, the advent of Christ, uh, is about us understanding God's blessings. And we talked about peace in the second week, and then last week we talked about redemption. If you missed any of those messages, you can hear them online on our website or on our podcast or on our brand new church app. Uh, You can download that um, either on the Google Play Store or on uh, the App Store for... Um, iTunes, and you can just search the City Church Canada, and you'll see our brand new app in there. Let's turn our Bibles this morning to Isaiah chapter 7, and let's just continue on this morning, just reminding ourselves about a few things about Jesus coming to the earth and what it means for us. Junior high, I almost forgot you again. Junior high, I love you guys so much. You guys are dismissed grades 6, 7, and 8. I know you wanted to hear me preach. I apologize to send you out. All right, we see here in Isaiah chapter 7 a prophecy about Jesus coming. It says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 says this, She will bear a son. The angel is speaking this to Joseph. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet that we just referenced there in Isaiah 7. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is one of the big ideas at Christmas time that we remember and that we're not going to forget like Charlie Brown has encouraged us to not get caught up in the commercialism of the season to obviously to be a blessing to our family and friends and enjoy the season and take part of all the the festivities that are going on but also to remember this truth this idea about Jesus coming the advent of God coming to the earth in Jesus means what God with us And so many times as we live our lives, and so many times, and even it might seem like an ancient idea, but it's not really an ancient idea. A lot of people struggle with this idea of God with us, and it's always God somewhere else. It's always God up in the sky, or or God, you know, with the famous preachers, or God somewhere else, or God with the Pope, or, or whoever, God with the really good Christians, and then not with certain other Christians. 
But this idea, this truth that we should understand and look at and remember at Christmas time, that God is sending his son to the earth and he says this word Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God always with us. God not leaving us alone. Not God somewhere else. Not God in some other experience, but God with us. One of the uh, big doctrines of the church is called omnipresence. In other words, God is present everywhere all of the time. That God is with us. And it's very easy for people to get caught up in this idea of God somewhere else. Uh, you know, I've known people at certain times, they hear certain things that are going on in certain places and certain church services, and they think, well, you know, I've got to get a plane ticket and go to this place where God is really doing something. And I understand that, and I appreciate that. But really, it's missing out on the truth of this. God with us all the time, that you, there's no need to travel anywhere. There's no need to get on a plane. There's no need to, to go somewhere specific, that God is with us all the time, that God is that we would experience the is-ness of God. The scripture says, now faith is. That we would have and understand and have a relationship with God now because of our faith that we would trust that this is true. Because Jesus came, because Jesus came down from the Father, and we sang that earlier. Because he came down and was with us and sacrificed himself on the cross that we can actually experience and have God in our lives all of the time. Realize that he is there all of the time. God with us. Emmanuel. This idea of be with is so important. And we know at, at Christmas we celebrate with our loved ones. And, you know, John mentioned about kids being out of school and and, you know, just laying around on the sofa and doing different things and just relaxing a little bit from their stressful lives of school. And, uh, but we love that. What we love, we love to be with our kids, don't we? Um, and, and maybe those of you that are empty nesters, you know, maybe your kids are coming home for Christmas or they're maybe they're home from university or college or maybe they're bringing the grandkids over. Even better, you just get to spoil them and you don't have to raise them. <laughs> But this idea of be with, see, this is deep in the heart of mankind, the being with of others. And this has actually come from God, uh, God the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the pre-existent God. That he is a community of oneness, the three, the Godhead are together. If we go back to the beginning of creation, God created all these things and he said they were good and they were good and they were good. And the only thing that God said that wasn't good is that man was alone. And we know whether we've actually been alone or maybe felt alone, that aloneness is not something that any of us desire or crave or want to actually continue in. This be with idea is something that's deep within the heart of mankind. And especially this idea of God with us, that God wants us to know him. He wants to be in a relationship with us. He desires for us to be aware of his presence, aware of his goodness, aware of his availability. This idea of Jesus coming down so that we would know and understand that God is with us. See, when we think about religion, religion is about a man invoking something, doing something so that God will then do something. But the story of the gospel is completely different. The story of the gospel is God initiating something, God coming down to the earth in Christ. Therefore, doing away with the need for any religion, 
Christian included, when Christianity becomes a religion, when we try to do all of our stuff to make our way up to God, that the inverse is always true, that God came down to man, God with us. God initiating something with us, within our relationship with God, being there for us, wanting to be with us, and then wanting us to be aware of this fact, that God is with us all of the time. Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul is in Greece, and in Greece there was a lot of philosophers and, and walking around the Areopagus, and they were all discussing these, these heady thoughts, and they were discussing God, and there was a, a monument there, and on the monument it said, to the unknown God. Kind of an altar, kind of something, you know, we didn't really understand God, but here, here's this rock, and we're just going to put this rock here, and we're going to offer this rock to the unknown God. And then Paul shows up, and he offers some different thoughts. Acts chapter 17, verse 27, says this, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even as some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. That we realize that we are God's offspring. And then he's using... Um, contemporary terms he's using, quoting their own poets. And then he's saying, well, God is not something that we would create. God is not, not, not a piece of gold or a piece of silver or something that the, the best artisans could create and we can look at and then worship something that's created that we always know and, and realize that worship goes to the creator. And that in him we live and move and have our being. And then he said this, what? He's not far from any of us. If you're, you know, someone brought you to church because it was Christmas time or, or somebody made you come here, uh, maybe your parents or somebody else, you kind of think, well, you know, I'm not really into church. I'm not into the whole God thing. That even for you, that God is with us. He is not far from you. And he didn't actually get any closer to you when you showed up at church this morning, he is always there. That for all of us, in him we live and move and have our being. Do you know that you don't cause your own heart to beat? Are you aware of this? That there is actually, if I remember from uh, grade 10 biology, there's a sinoatrial node, I think, in, in your heart that causes your, it's your own uh, God-given pacemaker that causes your heart to beat, and it has an electrical pulse that causes your heart to beat. Where did that electricity come from? It came from God, the Creator, that in Him we live and move and have our being. So even when we push God away, even we try to push God away, and even we try to maybe push the faith of our parents away, well, I'm not so much interested. You know, Mom and Dad, that's kind of your thing. Maybe that's okay for you. But then for all of us, this is true, that we didn't create ourselves, that we're, we're not self-made people, that God is not far from any of us. And see, really, God just wants us to be aware of his presence because he is omnipresent everywhere all of the time. 
That a lot of times what it takes for us is just to become aware. When we come and we gather on Sunday morning and our worship team leads us in some singing. And then we sense and we're aware of the presence of God. It's not that God just showed up in that moment. God has always been with us. But now we're pausing and we're making time. And we're saying, oh yeah, God, and he is this. And we're singing about his relentless love. And we're singing about he came down. And we're singing about who he is. And then we become aware of him. It's not that he came. In that moment, he has always been with you. The scripture says that he never leaves us or forsakes us. He doesn't leave us alone. That he is always with us. Emmanuel, God with us. So in those moments, we, it's not that God comes and shows up. Because we sang his favorite song. We are aware of him in those moments because we are start to open our eyes and we start to open the spiritual eyes of our heart and we start to put our affection on him and we realize that he is there. And he's there in every moment. And when we become and we become aware of his presence, we remember and we think about who he is. We think about the bigness of his power, the bigness of his love, the bigness of his grace. And many times it overwhelms us. And you'll see sometimes people in worship service that they're, you know, they're crying. And then someone else beside them is like, what's the big deal? I don't even, what's the big deal? I don't even, I don't even like this song. Is it actually about the song? Is it, or is it actually about the person? One person has opened themselves up to realize that God is there. And someone else is kind of like, mm, I'm not, I don't know, I'm just not into the whole religion thing. I'm just not sure about the God thing. Is it that, is it that God is more powerful for the one person and less powerful that he just decided that he is going to give somebody an experience and then not give somebody else an experience. No, he's just waiting on us. Like my dad always said that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not forcing his way, but he is there. He's waiting. He's waiting for us to invite him in. He's waiting for us to say yes to him. He's waiting for us to experience his presence and his goodness. Isaiah Chapter 41, verse 8 says this. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not. For I am with you. Do not be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And if we bring this idea, this you are my servant, I have chosen you, we bring it into the New Testament that we are his sons and daughters. He has chosen us. He has chosen people to be in a relationship with him. He initiated something by sending Jesus to the earth. What did he initiate? God with us. Not God somewhere else. Not God up in the sky. Jesus came and he said, look, the kingdom of God is amongst you. The kingdom of God is in you. It's not somewhere else. God isn't somewhere else. He is here and he is with us. See, when we, we leave this building today, you know, God doesn't sit in this building and all other church buildings lonely until you show up next Sunday. 
He goes with you. He goes with all of us by his presence. He goes to live life with you. And then what does he want to do? That we wouldn't be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. That his presence that is always with you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you. He wants to uphold you. That he would hold on to us. Don't you like that idea? That God is holding on to you. See, you and I, we won't always be alive on this earth, but we will always be alive in his hand. For those of us that are missing our loved ones in and around this time of year, those of us, those loved ones that have already gone on into the presence of God, that God is still holding them, that they are not spending Christmas alone up in heaven, that they are with God, that they are in his presence, that he is always holding them in his hand and he is holding you in his hand today that we wouldn't be afraid that we would realize that he is always with us see you know when we when we think about god sometimes we struggle to understand and grasp the love of god that because sometimes uh, people's love for us wanes it comes and it goes. And sometimes we have a friend that, that, you know, that was our bestie, that they were our BFF, and now they're not our BFF. And then sometimes we uh, struggle with understanding God's love because people walk away from us. Somebody loved us and cared about us, and then they maybe backstabbed us, maybe they betrayed us, maybe they went against us with a certain situation. And then sometimes we're, you know, we're, we're faced with these emotional struggles to understand life, and maybe, I don't know, why did this happen to me? And see, all of us need someone to love us. The toughest dude in this room, we all need someone to love us and care about us. See, and this is what God's love is like. God's love will never quit on us. It cannot be dissolved. It cannot go away. That Emmanuel is God with us. This revelation, this understanding, because God came down to the earth in Jesus, that we would remember and know that God isn't somewhere else, that he isn't up in the sky, that he isn't up in the clouds, that he is actually with us by his spirit. And we, and we realize one of the things that God is with us, that he is with us in his love. Now, God's love is fully formed parental love. Fully formed parental love. Now, what does parental love look like? Parental love is someone who looks at you and smiles at you. And is, is there for you through the good and through the bad. And that parental love is also that same love that says, hey, quit that. Stop acting like that. No, you can't go there. No, don't do that. In the same boat, it's saying, I love you and I care about you. And my affection for you is undying, fully formed, heavenly, perfect parental love comes from God the Father. And he is with us all of the time. So sometimes people will leave us. Maybe the, the Christmas parties that we used to get invited to, we don't get invited to anymore. 
And maybe they don't love you anymore. And I know that that's hard and I know that that's difficult. But you know that there's someone that knows all of your junk and all of your stuff and all of your mistakes and all of your shortcomings and all of your mess-ups. And he still loves you with an undying love that cannot be dissolved. It is God the Father. It is God your Creator. So you might not have got invited to that party, but God invites you constantly. There's this constant call for you to be in a relationship with Him. Emmanuel, God with us. Psalm 27, verse 10, For my father and mother may have forsaken me, but the Lord takes me in. That his love cannot be dissolved even when people walk away, that God never walks away. 1 John 3, verse 1 says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are the children of God. Now, parents, think about how much you want to spend some of this holiday time with your kids and your grandchildren. And then times that by infinity. And that's how much God is in his relationship with you, wanting to spend time with you, for you to be aware that he is there and that he brings strength and he brings help. And he is the fully orbed, wonderful parent who is there for you. God is there. Emmanuel, God with us. When we look in the scripture, we see this word spirit used many, many times. And the Old Testament is ruach. And the the New Testament uh, in Greek, it's pneuma. But it's the word spirit. And a lot of times we, they're kind of interchangeable with the word breath. Spirit and breath in the scripture are actually the same word. And so when we think about the distance of God, where is he? Is, is he somewhere else? Is he far away? And the spirit of God is the breath of God. The spirit of God is when we, we breathe. He is there. That's how close he is. He's not somewhere else. That he's with us. And what is he doing? He's helping us. And he's strengthening us. See, a lot of times we just, we, it's so easy for us just to look at circumstances and say, well, where is God? Because people do things and economies do things and, and, and something happens within the context of the broken world and we say, well, where is God because of this, that, and the other? But in a context of, of good situations and in a context of bad situations, God is there and we actually need God. In those difficult times. We shouldn't be questioning whether God is actually Emmanuel. When we're struggling with something, we should be aware, more aware of his spirit. And where is it? It's just a breath away. That he is here, that he is with us, that he is Emmanuel. Psalm 139 says this. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee to escape your presence? If I were to ascend to heaven, you would be there. If I were to sprawl out in Sheol, that word means hell, 
the place of the dead, you would be there. If I were to fly away on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the other side of the sea, even your hand would guide me. Your right hand would grab hold of me. Verse 8 in another translation says this, If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Where are we going to go to get away from the omnipresence of God? Even when we're mad, even when we're frustrated, if we don't understand something. Where are we going to go? There's nowhere for us to go except for where God is. Because he is all of the places. He is all of the places all of the time. And, and we see here in these verses, back to maybe someone in here who's here this morning who maybe doesn't actually want to be here. You know, and, and listen, I understand you. I get you. You know, I, I, at different times in my life that I've served God, and when I was younger, I didn't serve God for a while, and you're kind of like, eh, you know, I'm tired of the whole church thing, tired of the whole God thing. There's certain things I don't get. There's certain things I don't understand. I don't want to be exactly like my parents. And then we kind of just, we kind of just think, well, I'm just going to move away from God. I'm going to move away from church. And I'm just going to sort of, uh, like this says, on the other side of the sea, I'm just going to step away from the whole thing. That even in the middle of that, God says, even when we're pushing him away, even when we're resisting him, what is he doing? He's guiding us. Why is he guiding us when we're rebellious? Because he loves us. And there's nowhere for us to run from his presence that he is with us all the time. Emmanuel, God with us. See, sometimes we're aware of God's leading and aware of God's guiding. And then sometimes we aren't. And then sometimes we, re- we make a really good decision and we're so impressed with ourselves. And we look back and we think, man, God really helped me with that. And in the moment, I just thought I was really smart. And I think we can barely understand the grace of God. How good he is to us, even when we're... God, I'm, I'm just... I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to go to church. I, have, I don't have time to do anything with you. I'm just going to do my own thing for a while. That in the middle of that, that he's guiding us. And then he's calling us back. He's calling us back because... He's the one that's there. He's the one that won't quit. He's not going to quit on you. He's not going to quit on you. He hasn't quit on you. Why? Because he is Emmanuel, God with us, that in him we live and move and have our being. Last verses here in Psalm 100. Verse 1 says this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. His steadfast love, his love that doesn't quit. 
His love that doesn't quit on you. His love that doesn't quit on your children. His love that doesn't quit on your marriage. His love that doesn't quit on your finances. His love who doesn't quit on your sickness and disease. His steadfast love is the same for all generations. Emmanuel, God with us. And he is here right now. Why is he here right now? Why is he here right now? Is it it because we're the best church in town? No, he's here. Because he is everywhere with his love. And then we're just kind of taking a moment right now in the middle of the busyness of our lives, in the middle of the busyness of our season, to be aware that he is here right now. His love is here. He sent Jesus sourced from his love so that he could be in a love relationship with you a fully formed parental loving relationship with you your and mine heavenly father let's just pray this morning father god we just thank you for your love today we thank you for your goodness we thank you lord that you are with us In the middle of the season, in the middle of all the stuff going on, Lord, we just pause to realize that you are here with us because of Jesus. That Jesus came to the earth to show us your love. That we would remember that you are with us all of the time. Regardless of what the circumstances may look like, that you bring your strength and your help to us that you are not far that in you we live and you we move and in you we have our being we just thank you for that Lord we just thank you for your love and your forgiveness or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.